Martin Luther King Jr. in his sermon, Loving Your Enemies, said, So this morning, as I look into your eyes and into the eyes of all my brothers and sisters in Alabama and all over America and over the world, I say to you, I love you. I would rather die than hate you. And I am foolish enough to believe that through the power of this love somewhere, men of the most recalcitrant bent will be transformed. And then we will be in God's kingdom. We will be able to matriculate into the university of eternal life because we had the power to love our enemies, to bless those persons that cursed us, to even decide to do good to those persons who hated us. And we even prayed for those persons who despitefully used us. This is The Jesus Tactics. Hey, so we're going to start with just a quick recap. This is episode five, and Phil and I have talked about a lot of things, so we want to go back and make sure that we're all on the same page, and we just want to put some context to it. So Phil and I believe that God wants to heal the world. And the way that we get to participate with God in healing this world is by living out the teachings of Jesus that we find in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and Luke chapter 6. These are Jesus's core teachings. But for some reason, we as Christians and and we in the church, for some reason, we just overlook or ignore these teachings. But they are the path to life. So, Phil and I believe that God is love. We don't think he is soft, squishy, or sentimental. But God is self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love. And that same love is inside of us because he comes in and he begins to change our hearts and we start to love others the way God loves us. And not only do we start to love others, we are able to love our enemies. And Jesus calls us to love our enemies and to do good to them. And to do good to our enemies means that when they inflict violence, hatred, or injustice on us, it stops with us. We absorb it. We refuse to return it. But instead, we return to them love, kindness, and forgiveness. So we've talked about loving our enemies. We've talked about doing good to them. And Phil, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about blessing our enemies. And blessing is such a weird word. That sounds super religious. Super spiritual. Super spiritual. Super, super like Christianese. Yeah. God's blessed you. Yeah. Yeah. But what Why is it? Why do we want to do that? But what is it that Jesus really means of blessing our enemies? Well, first of all, I want to suggest that there's more than one way to kill someone. I know that's a radical shift, like a quick <laughs> shift, right? Let's talk about blessing. Oh, but. Uh, so in. In the Sermon on the Mount, in uh, Matthew 5, Jesus is talking about murder. So, uh, 521, he says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But here's where Jesus shifts a little. He goes, But I tell you, anyone who's angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. What's interesting is that raka and like you fool are derogatory terms. Mm-hmm. They're essentially saying you're stupid, uh, you're an idiot. They're curses. Essentially, they, yeah, they, they are curses. And so what I think Jesus is saying here is that, yeah, there's the physical killing of someone, 
But then there's also another way of killing someone with your words, by labeling them, by dehumanizing them. Because when, when someone kills someone else physically, that person that they kill no longer has value. Their life doesn't have value. They're disposable. They are less than human. They've been, they dehumanize the other person. Mm-hmm. We do the same thing as we've talked about when we label people. So, so when we label, we dehumanize someone with our words. Jesus is saying it's the same way as killing someone. Those are heavy words, not physically, mm-hmm. but we're killing the person, maybe we hopeful, hopefully with emotional killing mm-hmm. or some sort of way of speaking death. So when, when we curse people, when we curse our enemies or whoever we're mad at, that's, that's speaking death at them and that may be killing a small part of them, right? Yeah. And sometimes I think we hope it does. Yeah. But Jesus is saying, Jesus' warning here is like, you're answerable to the court for that, but then you're also in danger of the fire of hell. And so Jesus is really serious about the words we use and how we talk to others. So we like to say, well, I didn't kill somebody physically, but I'm just going to curse them. But Jesus is saying those are, they do the same thing. They do the they same kill, thing. They kill that person. Right. So there's more than one way to kill a person. There's more, yes. There is more than one way to kill a person. And that's why, it, but G, Jesus being a God of life, a God of love, mm-hmm. and for us being made in his image, he's calling us out to who we are to speak life into someone else. Which raises the dead. So if there's more than one way to kill a person, maybe there's more than one way to raise the dead. Mm. And so maybe when Jesus is saying, bless your enemies, in some way, we are speaking life into them that, that gives life, that, that rebirths something inside of them that died. Mm-hmm. It, it makes part of them born again. Wow. Right? I mean, yes. that's, that's what blessing is, to, to bless somebody. As Americans, sometimes we think to bless somebody, money is involved, right? Or that yeah. we, we give them something. Or, but, but Jesus is contrasting blessing our enemy with cursing. Mm-hmm. Like, don't curse your enemy. That's with words. Right. Bless them with, with words that give life. Yeah. So, I had an interaction with someone. Going through all, all of this has really changed me. And so, there's a, a lady at a Wells Fargo that, that, that we bank at. And she's always there. She's friendly to everyone that comes into the door. No matter who they are, she's very welcome. She says hi. They leave, have a great day. But she does it in a way where she sees everyone, but not everyone sees her. She's just generous. She's life-giving. To She's trying to be life-giving to everyone. And on this day, I thought, you know what? I just want to affirm what she's doing. And so I walked up to her, and she opens the door for me, and she says, welcome. I say, I just want to say something to you. You are a light in this world. Hmm. How you interact with people, you see everyone. And I know not everyone sees you, but what you're doing is making a difference in people's lives because it's making a difference in mine. Mm-hmm. I know that when I come here, you're here and it's just a, a good feeling. And just affirming who she is. You said the, that to her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just affirming that in her brought tears to her eyes. Mm. It's like someone saw her now mm-hmm. for who she was and what she was doing. And, and then just created more of a conversation and got to know her name. She knows my name. And so I'm looking forward to going back and seeing her again. Mm-hmm. And, but just that moment of, I see you affirming it 
gave life and maybe resurrected some sort of death in her. Yeah. Well, that's good. It was just a little thing. It's a small thing. It took what, two minutes? Yeah, it took like two or three minutes out of my day. So we can easily and quickly kill somebody with our words. Yes. Being critical, cursing them, accusing them. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can just as easily and quickly start to give life to them with our words. Yeah. I think to bless somebody with with our words doesn't mean we become rah-rah, soft, squishy, sentimental. That's not who God is. We're making stuff up. That's not who we are. Yeah. We're talking like being honest and speaking the truth to them in love. And so often, I think you mentioned this once before, so often as Christians, when we say we're going to speak the truth and love to somebody, like there's confrontation involved. There's confrontation. It's, it's usually butting it's heads. Yeah, and sometimes it's like a threat. Like, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. I'm just telling you the truth in love. Yeah. It's important to warn people of consequences, but sometimes we only do that. Well, it's like, I'm going to speak the truth and love to you because I'm about to say something negative. Right. Right. Rather than the context, well, I'm going to speak the truth and love to somebody about something that they don't, something positive about them, mm-hmm. something they don't see in them. I'm going, to, I'm going to speak that truth to them in love. Yeah, so we can, so to, to, to raise the dead, to mm-hmm. give life to somebody, doesn't have to take long either. Mm-hmm. I was in um, an airport last week, Dallas Love Field. I had a three-hour layover, and I hate... I hate long layovers because it just takes me longer to get to where I'm going. But I don't know anyone the, likes long layovers. The, the good part of them would be that I can get some stuff done, right? So um, I found this Chili's at the airport, and I went and sat down, and um, it was like this big bar area. There's probably 30 people there, and then there's the bar. Opened up my laptop, started working, and the, the server came over, and she took my order. And she she looked pretty sharp. She was probably early 20s, African-American, just super um, high energy, um, and gave her my order. She didn't write anything down, which always blows my mind. I could never be a server no, working in a either. restaurant because I always have to write stuff down. I'd bring the wrong food. <laughs> I, I forget stuff that I do write down. So, anyway. so <laughs> Did she, I write that down? So the place was popping. She was checking in on everybody. She was the only one working. She's also working behind the bar. She's washing dishes. She's... Brought me my food, checked in on me a couple times, had a Diet Coke. And when it came time to, to leave, which was probably a good, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour, I wanted to keep the seat free for somebody else. She brought me my, my check and I said, hey, I, I'm not going to leave you a, a tip on the card. I'm, I want to give you a cash tip. And she looked at me and I gave her a $10 bill, which for the size of my check was, was a, big, a big tip. And she looked at me and our eyes locked and I said to her, I think you are fantastic. And you, you just saw it go deep. Like she, she kind of smiled, but it was mostly just this eye to eye connection that she, it just went there. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, thank you. She was sweet. She went back behind the bar. I pulled up my laptop and started to walk away. I was probably 30 feet from her. And she shouted to me when I left just to make sure that um, she wanted to tell me goodbye. And I was walking away thinking, about that. I don't think it was the money. I mean, a $10 bill is a decent tip for what yeah. I, but I think it was the word, you're fantastic. Because it was after that, when you guys locked eyes, it was like, well, yeah. there's, it's well, just not just money. And I wasn't being nice. Right. Like I was being honest. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what speaking the truth and love is. It's like, we're, we're, we're affirming the good part in somebody mm-hmm. that probably nobody else is affirming. 
and servers take abuse. I mean, they, oh, they get blamed for everything. They, they fall behind. They just, it's just, and, and so for, for, I just felt like I had to build something into her. And I thought, I wonder if I'll ever see her again. <laughs> and probably not, probably not in this life. I don't even know if I recognize her if I saw her again. Right. But I thought, well, maybe someday in heaven, I'll, we'll bump into each other and she'll say, hey, you know what? That day that encouraged me. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. Because I know in my life, I probably have about a thousand people. I will say that too. Mm-hmm. Just who people who briefly spoke life into me and blessed me. Yeah. They didn't curse me. They just blessed me and spoke life into me. And they were speaking truth to you about who you are and the goodness of who you are. Yes. Right. It's not this rah-rah, soft, mm-hmm. squishy, sentimental love. It's, it's truth about and, people. And typically, when do we normally do this? At someone's funeral. We, yeah. we, we normally speak about how good this person is and speak life and the celebration of life when they're dead. So Jesus said, love your enemies and bless them. Mm-hmm. And you found out something this week very interesting about the word bless that Jesus used yes. in the so, Sermon on the Mount. So, so the word bless is where we get our word eulogy. And so a eulogy is part of the funeral where someone is there to... Uh, read the good of this person's life, the celebration of, of this person's life. But rarely do we see that as we do that while they're alive, mm-hmm. that we speak life into them and what's good in their life, what they're doing now that is good, that instead of waiting, G- Jesus here is essentially saying, you don't wait till they're dead to do this. You do this now. And you do this with your enemy. You speak goodness and life to them. So to bless somebody, we're eulogizing the living. Yes. The one in front of us. Yeah. The, our enemy. That's really good. Yes. So to do that in real time, when instead of waiting, so I think, think what we're going to instead of saying about them in our head, to actually do that to them mm. as a blessing, that when we see them, we recognize who they are mm-hmm. and the goodness in them, and we name it. Mm. And we speak life. Again, it's not, like you said, it's not a rah-rah thing. Obviously, to do that to our enemy is going to take mm-hmm. some courage. Mm-hmm. But if we believe the teachings of Jesus, mm-hmm. and if we believe that what he's asking to do will heal this world, then we have to believe that by speaking life, by blessing our enemy, will heal them. And we can practice that with everybody. They don't have to be our enemy. Right. I was at Lowe's right. just two days ago, and I ordered uh, six giant windows. And I did curbside pickup because I didn't want to go pick them up myself. And I saw this kid rolling out the windows towards my van. I'm like, I remember him. And he helped me about a month and a half ago with a problem I had at Lowe's. He spent 45 minutes with me talking to multiple managers, eventually helped me solve my problem. The whole time he was keeping me he was apologetic, and he kept saying, I'm sorry, but I'm working on this, kind of letting me know what mm-hmm. he was doing. And for, for a younger adult, you know, I guess, I think he was 18, um, he just blew my mind at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so it was, was kind of cool to see him rolling these windows towards me, and I'm like, hey, do you remember me? And he's like, no, I don't remember you. I'm sorry. And I kind of told him what happened. He's like, eh, I'm sorry. I still don't remember you. But he helped me load the windows into my van. He, he actually got up into my van and... Uh, kind of went the extra mile. He almost twisted his ankle. I said, hey, don't twist your ankle because I don't want Lowe's to sue me for injuring their best employee. And he laughed. He's like, no, I don't think I'm the best employee. But 
when we were done, I said, hey, can I give you a tip? Because I really appreciate all, all of your help. And he said, no, I'm sorry, I can't take a tip, but I, I do appreciate that. And I said, well, what's your name? And he said, my name is Anthony. I said, Anthony, I could see you running this company someday. I mean, dude, you are helpful. You are really sharp. He's like, thank you. I don't want to do that. <laughs> he, he's like, I want to, he's like, actually, I want to, I want to own my own clothing company someday. Mm. That's my dream. He's like, just working here at Lowe's is just kind of helping me pay the bills until I can do that. And I said, Anthony, I said, man, I am a small business owner. I have been for almost 20 years. There's amazing benefits to it. Gives you a little bit of flexibility. I said, but Anthony, follow your dreams because they can happen. And you know what? He just smiled and he kind of turned and he started pushing that cart back into the store and he just had a little hitch in his giddy up. Mm. He just had a little bit of spring in his step. And I really felt in my spirit that I spoke life to him. I wasn't even trying to. Right. Like I, again, I wasn't being nice. I was being honest. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what it means, I think, to bless somebody. Like we're just honest with them and we just want to deeply encourage them. So hopefully that brought some life to him. Hopefully that encouraged him to actually follow his dreams that maybe God has put in his life. It may have been a time when his dreams may be dying. And so you may have speaking life to raise the dead in that area yeah, too. Yeah, maybe. You just, you just I, don't know. Just don't know. But I felt like I, I blessed him and I, mm. I spoke life into him that day. So Phil, what, one thing you and I have talked about is that to love our enemies, to do good to them, to bless them, those don't come naturally to us. Nope. Because when we are on the receiving end of violence, hatred, injustice, whatever, that's not how we react. Like mm-hmm. we react usually in bad ways. Yeah. Right? So. Well, well we, we return the hate, the violence, and injustice. Yeah, because it's just natural. Right. Like that's just how we react to it. When, when Jesus teaches us to love our enemies, do good to them, and bless them, those are not reactions. Those are responses. Mm-hmm. And so those are intentional decisions that we make. And if they're intentional decisions, then that means that they are skills. And they are skills that we can put into practice, and they're skills that we can get better at. Mm-hmm. So to you listening, if you are often reacting in ways that maybe aren't Christ-like, don't beat yourself up. It's normal for you to react in ways that are not Christ-like. It's natural. What we're trying to do is learn how to pause ourselves and respond in the right spirit, in a Christ-like spirit to people and to our enemies. And that is a skill. So to speak life into somebody, to respond, and to bless, those are that's basically skills. So the more we do that, the better we'll get at it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to realize that these are practices, and that we were we were both reminded of this last week through a small group we have around the Jesus tactics, that God is pleased with our journey, not just when we arrive. Mm-hmm. So He's pleased with our practices and even our failures at the fact that we're trying to live this way of Jesus. That even though there may be a time where we will we will react with hate or violence. And in that moment, we realize this is not how I should be living. And we learn from it. And the next time we respond with life, mm-hmm. that God is pleased with us on our journey, not just when we arrive, not just when we have it right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is so important, I think, that yeah. going back to sometimes we, we think that God's keeping track of our failures, mm-hmm. of our sins. And he's got that tally board up there. And, but 
He's not keeping track. Yeah, and to you listening, we want you to know God keeps no record of wrongs. God is love, mm-hmm. self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love. And Scripture says that love keeps no record of wrongs. There's no record there. There's mm-hmm. no tally. There's no clipboard. That's so freeing. That's like, oh, okay. We think he does. Right. Right? We think he's keeping track of everything, because that's, that's our nature, is mm-hmm. to feel that way. Maybe he's... But, he, but, but Scripture says, nope, he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is keeping track of the little things we do well, the little thing, the little attempts that we make. Right. You know, because that makes his heart happy as, as our Father. Mm-hmm. Well, and you said this earlier, that I wonder if those small acts are those being faithful in the small things he gives us. Not gives us, but the faithful in the small things that we mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. that speak life, that bless, and that it's the small things that are really important. Mm-hmm. That even though those interactions we have, that maybe 30 seconds of speaking life or mm-hmm. two or three minutes, mm-hmm. those small things are not small to the person who hears them. Right. If we think of the times that we've received yeah. those small interactions, and man, the life that it gives us. We don't know what happens after we leave that interaction. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hope that it is raising the dead. Mm-hmm. That we're partaking in God's work in healing this world. Mm-hmm. So to wrap this up, what we're saying is there's more than one way to kill someone. Whether it be physically, but the other ways with our words and the curses that we can speak death into people's life. But we're also saying there's more than one way we can raise the dead. That we can bless others with our words and speak life into them. And to understand that it's the small things that just taking those quick interactions to see the good in someone, to speak the truth in love of what we see in them. And realize that Jesus has called us to bless someone, which is to eulogize them, which is speaking good and celebrating a life and understanding that we don't always respond the way we should. We're not built that way, so to speak. But to realize that these are practices, to bless others, to respond instead of react and to give life. And so if we just took a few moments today to practice blessing someone, of speaking life into their life, we can help raise the dead and we can join God in healing this world.